Thanks for downloading episode 75 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Ripley's handling is nice and true inside his six-yard box. He's going to just roll that one out to Donald Love on this right-hand side. Infield, it goes to Phillips inside the centre circle. Looking to play Jensen Weir away. He can just Go on! better of his man. Jensen Weir is bearing down on goal against his former club. Jensen yeah! Weir finds the far corner oh! of the net to give the Shrimps a lead against his former club in the 12th minute. A brilliant breakaway from the Shrimps. Ripley rolled the ball out to Love. He played it to Phillips inside the centre circle and Kieran Phillips unlocked the door. Jensen Weir shrugged off his marker, James Brophy, bearing down on goal and slips it past the left-hand side of Dimi Mitoff in the near post to make it in the 12th minute. Morecambe 1, Cambridge United 0. What a start. Minutes applause there for uh, Shrimps fan Tom Dixon, who sadly passed away earlier this week. Tom was a Morecambe fan for many years, more than half a century in total. He's going to be greatly missed uh, by everyone who knew him. And of course, our condolences go to Tom Dixon's family and friends at this sad time. But uh, a lovely minutes applause in memory of Shrimps fan Tom Dixon, who sadly passed away earlier this week. Digby rips a, a really dangerous crossing and that is a fabulous nice save from Connor Ripley at the back post. First time snap volley, that was a delicious ball in towards the back post there and as the shot came in on the volley from Sam Smith, he scored against us last season in Great the away player. fixture and that's a smart stop. That's a foul, that's, that's a foul. Well, referee allows play to continue. He's called it though, he's seen it. But Lancaster comes forward, the shot comes in from the left-hand side, another great, smart great stop save by, by Ripley. That. Harrison Dunk feeds it into Brophy. Left-hand tier for the Morecambe penalty area. Brophy infield, it goes to Adam May, not to too much on. May gets the shot away from 25 yards, blocked away by Badeau. Back to May, it comes once more. Digby might think about a cross, instead goes sideways to May, into the feet of Ironside on the Edge of the box, Brophy, Harrison Dunk on this left side's got room to get the ball across and the shot comes in and that's a fabulous equaliser. Brilliant, brilliant play from Cambridge, you have to take your hats off there. It's been coming that I'm afraid. They yeah. played us around on the edge of the box, Harrison Dunk eventually found some space on the left hand side, drilled the ball across the penalty area and from about 10 yards out, Jack Lancaster with a lovely cushioned right-footed finish into the far corner of Conor Ripley's goal to make it on 32 minutes Morecambe 1 Cambridge United 1 good goal just gave them too much space and like just allowed them to pick pick a pass around the box and they've got in at us Derek will be very disappointed with that one Oh, here we go. Taylor, that was great. Excellent play. Jensen Weir, right hand side of the penalty area as Donald Love drills the ball across oh! that is headed narrowly oh, oh, oh. wide by Kieran Phillips. And that would have been a lovely breakaway goal, similar to the opening goal of the afternoon. If that had come off, we won the ball brilliantly in the middle of the park by Taylor into the path of Weir. He played it out to the right hand side. Donald Love, his cross, and it's nodded wide 
at the far post by Kieran Phillips. Shot comes in from Williams. It was a good one as well. It was a daisy cutter through a crowd of players. Great knockdown from Joe Ironside. Dunk on the overlap down the left side once more. It's going to go slide roll into the feet of Brophy. Brophy gets the ball across looking for Ironside. It's over his head, but it feeds Williams. And the shot comes in. Oh, it was deflected narrowly wide. That could have gone anywhere. Nahua in front of the Berlin Wall, just his languid, lazy run. He's got past one man. Nahua still going on the edge of the Morecambe box, on the Cambridge box. Gets it to Dylan Connolly. Nahua is going to play it out to Liam Gibson. We're right behind that. Wow, that would have would have taken the net. Taken the roof off it. That have hit the back of the net. Four minutes to go. Is there a winner for either team? O'Connor, crunching tackle, referee allows play to continue. Here comes Digby for Cambridge over the halfway line. He's on the edge of the Morecambe penalty area now. Shiloh Tracy up against Gibson. Tracy gets the ball across and it's into the back of the net. And that could be the winning goal for Cambridge. We've been undone. Three minutes from time. And it was played down the right-hand side. Shiloh Tracy got to the byline, squared the ball across, and it's forced over the line from about eight yards out. And that could be heartbreak for the Shrimps at Morecambe 1, Cambridge United 2. We spoke about it before the game as well, Tom. About how we, we liked Harvey Nibs. He's, he's come off the bench and one of his first touches is perhaps to give Mark Bonner's men all three points here at the Mazuma Stadium. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Referee puts the whistle to his lips. It's a defeat then for Morecambe this afternoon. Their search for a first home victory in League One goes on as they are beaten by a very late Harvey Nibs winner in the 87th minute to make it Morecambe 1, Cambridge United 2 here at the Mazuma Stadium this afternoon. Tom Collins alongside me. Uh, thank you first of all Tom uh, for your co-commentary this afternoon we always love having you on uh, sum that one up for us if you can frustrating really frustrating I think we've done a lot of good things today but um, Cambridge are no pushovers just because of you know similarish sized teams that we can just come and push them over but I think we applied ourselves really well throughout the game like we defended well um, but then it's just those moments of madness where they've just got in behind us out wide and very similar goals very similar goals but from different sides first off down the left second off down the right cutting it back goal and at league one level if you can't defend those you're going to struggle to get wins and it's just annoying because we've done a lot of really good work today so that'll, that'll frustrate Derek frustrate the fans but I still think there's things that we can take from that result thought there was some good football I thought Jake Taylor was my man of the match today I thought Jake Taylor was superb I thought Ryan Daly was very good today as well I thought he defended his lines well um, Phillips promising as we've said before um, disappointing to not back it up with another win but we just got to go again we've got a trip to our friend Zappington well, next Saturday lots to be positive about despite the result this afternoon Jensen Weir opened the scoring for Morecambe after 12 minutes and it was one of a number of excellent counter-attacking moves from the Shrimps and that one leading to a goal brilliant through ball by Kieran Phillips and a super finish for Jensen Weir for his fourth goal of the season yeah 
Yeah, Weir looks a very good player for us. Um, we just got to keep going. We keep going. Um, no one gets uh, relegated at this stage of the season, as we very much know. We just got to keep cracking on, and you can see bits of the team working. Some things that are not quite working just yet. Players look gutted because it was a real, it was a real ding dong battles end to end. Mm. And there's times you thought, are we just gonna make that pass? Like, didn't it, didn't quite fall for us. Um, and Cambridge have done us at the end, and we've seen it before. We've seen it against Cambridge in a number of times. They can punish you. Yeah. They've got players that can hurt you. We'd said about Nibs, we said about Ironside, we said about um, Brophy. They, they've got players in the side that can hurt us, just like we have. Just didn't quite fall for us today. And at the crucial time, we've perhaps turned off a little bit. Cambridge's first goal, I thought, was a, was an excellent goal from, from Cambridge's point of view. Yes, perhaps it could have been a bit tighter on the edge of the box, and I think Derek is going to be disappointed with that, but they knocked it around really well. We were chasing shadows, couldn't get the couldn't get a, a foot on the ball, and eventually they unlocked the door, and a, a good right-footed, side-footed effort into the bottom corner from uh, Jack Lancaster. One apiece at half-time, and I thought the second half, it was blood and thunder, wasn't it? It was frenetic, fast and furious uh, from both teams and it's to lose it so late on the players as you can see are quite rightly devastated look absolutely gutted but um, yeah I don't know what more to say I really don't know what more to say other than just very disappointing um, yeah just got to go again um, yeah it, it feels hard to come away from that game when there's so much good stuff gone in, into it mm. in some, some of the play yes we haven't created loads of clear cut chances but you can see the fundamentals coming together and then we get no points so we just got to try and yeah keep going um did it work better with 352 or 433 not sure really um i think it can work in both systems i don't know it doesn't i think it doesn't even come down to systems when if you can't defend balls inside your box coming across your box mm. um then it's very difficult to win games and both of the goals are very very similar and that's going to bug Derek yeah I mean obviously we got ahead in the game with a you know a very well taken goal from Weir we broke on Cambridge and we were able to got on the end of a ball that he slotted away you know very well then they scored one just before half time which set us back a bit and you know, I thought in the first half we had a lot of good moments in the game. We broke on them a number of times. They had a lot of crosses into the box, a lot of uh, corner kicks. We've dealt well with that today. But uh, second half, um, we became a wee bit more direct and got at them. And we were unfortunate not to have gone ahead in the game again with Phillips from a, a header. Uh, but over the 90 minutes, I think that uh, you know Cambridge were better than us mentally and stronger. It was end-to-end -end stuff for a long time. and the final ball again maybe for you was the most disappointing thing of the afternoon yeah I mean I think that we got ourselves in good areas at times but you're right the, the final ball wasn't good enough from us and uh, if it had been then it would have led to an opportunity and uh, today uh, we didn't uh, find that solution and uh, that's why you know we haven't won the game you just said uh, Cambridge were a bit more at it than yourselves what did you put that down to and have you, have you mentioned that to players after the game yeah I mean it, I think that you know that's down to, to mentality it's the down to a willingness to run uh, I'm not saying that we didn't but it, it was just that they just had a wee bit more in them today they've played in midweek um, 
some of their players haven't played in midweek. Uh, some of our players haven't played in midweek, and uh, there should have been uh, a freshness there for the game. I thought, in many ways, the ironic thing was they scored just as you were looking as though you might be the ones who might win the game. Well, that was the thing, you know. Liam Gibson got into the box, and he was unfortunate. Could you cut it back? Has a shot at goal, and then we misplace a pass in the middle of the pitch. Uh, a square pass and, and they're on the end of us and uh, they get the goal at the end it's a sucker punch to us because they didn't really look like they were going to get that second goal it looked like it could have been 1-1 at the end of the day but in the end you know they've got that victory 10 games into the season now still plenty for you to think about and improve on isn't there? Yeah of course I mean we understand that there's, there's a lot for us to, to improve on um, we are not near where we should be uh, from a a playing point of view, league-wise, we are where we are. Yeah, we understand that. But uh, you know, today was one game that uh, we feel that we should have been, you know, trying to win, which we were doing. But uh, we just didn't uh, create enough big opportunities in the game. You scored early on, Jensen again with a goal. He's producing the goals, isn't he? He's, he's doing what you need of him. Yeah, we need other people now to, you know, get goals for us. And uh, Jensen scored four goals since he's come to the football club. And uh, you know that's a, a huge benefit because he's a midfielder. But um, you know we, we haven't got enough players at this moment in time uh, contributing with other goals. Paul Stockton, another 60, 70 minutes under his belt. That should be helpful for him to try and get back to the form we saw last year. He would hope so, yes. Well, Jensen, a good day for you in many ways, scoring against your former club in the early stages of the game, but a bad day that you went on to lose 2-1. Yeah, it's, um, it's frustrating to be honest. I don't think the performance was great either. I think I thought first half once we scored we had a bit of control but I think um, apart from that it was quite disappointing to be honest. Um, I think we, it wasn't a great game to be honest. I didn't think we battled well, I thought we got beat in the battles and um, they were on top of the ball as well but um, just got to be a bit better defensively I think but um, we're going to have to move on, forget about it quick and move on to the next game. You've gone from the joys of scoring a late goal to win a game to conceding a late goal to lose a game in the space of seven days, that must be disappointing for you. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to score, but it means nothing when um, when you don't get the points really. But uh, yeah, so it's it's annoying. But um, yeah, again, on to the next game. What about yourself coming against your former club? Uh, it was it was a it was an end-to-end game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very very end-to-end really. Yeah. How's the dressing room after the game then? Yeah, down really, not very positive as you can imagine. Really, not great. But um, yeah, we're going to have to pick ourselves up and move on to the next game. You mentioned it there about too many players losing the battles. I think the manager said similar towards the end of the game. Sorry, yeah. The manager said that you didn't win your personal battles as much as you should have done. And is that how you saw it as well? Yeah, I think we just need to win our battles a bit more. I think when you win your battles in the game, it kind of gives you a platform to build from. But we didn't, we didn't really win our battles individually. So that ultimately puts you at a, a disadvantage. So I think we just need to be a bit more ruthless and a bit more horrible in a way and a bit. You know, a bit gritty to get through the games, really. One of the ironic things for me was that I thought you were coming on top of the final minutes of the game when they scored. Just one of the ironic things for me was I think you were just coming on top in the final five minutes when they scored the winner. We, we, like the first half an hour, I thought we actually we had good moments. You know, we could have done a bit more with the ball going forward, but um, I think defensively we were just too open and left the gap around the penalty spot and that bit. So we need to work on it. You know, we need to get we need to start tracking winners and being a bit more like gritty, more aggressive and stuff. As I say, yeah. 
It's been 20 years in the making, but Morecambe Football Club finally have an official women's team, joining the likes of their Lancashire neighbours Burnley, Blackburn Rovers, Blackpool and Preston North End. The partnership, which has been agreed to support and develop the growth of women's football in the North Lancashire area, has taken the team by storm, including player coach Becca Baldwin. Yeah, so I mean, the feeling's brilliant. We've had so many people recognising us and like the autograph thing in the game, it was brilliant to see. We've never had that before. The motivation's got bigger and we're more determined now. We know we've made a bit of a show, so let's hope we can turn it around now and show me who we are and why we're here. It's massive. I mean, I first training back my 14s, every single one said, oh, we've seen your posts on the social media and they're all laughing and they absolutely think it's buzzing, so they're just loving it because one day that'll be them. And I think it's, so, it's such a role model uh, point for me now, obviously being part of the coaching side and the, the playing side. So, yeah, hopefully these girls in five... Uh, six, ten, however many years time they'll, they'll have these opportunities too. The club announced the sponsorship of two-time world heavyweight champion Tyson Fury whose official merchandise line Gypsy King will appear on the home and away shirts and in the eyes of manager Ben Anderson, first time sponsors don't come any bigger. How do you get bigger than the heavyweight champion at world and the fact he's, he's part of the men's setup sponsorships as well, I know he sponsors the shorts but for him to come on board and get involved with the women as well, obviously he's massive. It's a big focal point, we played Aquaman on Sunday and I was speaking to some of the people after the game even they were like really shocked that we managed to get Tyson Fury and it, it's one of them it's great there's not a lot you can really say about it Despite the Lionesses European Cup success over the summer there's still a long way to go for the women's game although for these Morecambe players it's a step in the right direction The morale and everything is just like heightened so much now that we feel like we're important and we've got a place in the club it's just so much better in the club as well I was captain of the reserves for at least two seasons um, so to see some of the girls coming up through the under 16s and being a part of that being a role model um, to all them and to the girls that I was captain on the team for I've got so much pride in Morecambe um, and that's why I continue to show up I think it's a big step for us as a club we've been wanting to do it for years since I've been here for a while and now women's football is getting bigger and bigger um, I think they've taken it up on it themselves to do it and, and but exciting, hopefully it gets better and better as we go on each year. With opportunities to play games at Morecambe Stadium this season, along with the same level of coverage as the men's team, the feeling around the town is that the women's team is on the up. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hi from Dave Salmon. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening via Apple, Google or Spotify. Click the bell icon as well to remind you when new episodes drop into the feed. Although they are available after every single game in League and Cup. And a reminder too of the ways of contacting Shrimps Live. You can use the hashtag on Twitter, uh, simply Shrimps Live of course, or you can text O. 073990855080. During games, if you're listening to Beyond Radio, maybe you're listening or watching via iFollow, and during breaks in play, we can give you a mention. No problems at all. So no midweek game for Morecambe then this week. A bit of a welcome break, I think, because we've already played six times on a Tuesday night since the start of the season. So a full week to prepare for the 
Lancashire Derby. Looking forward to heading down to the Crown Ground next Saturday, 2.45 on Beyond Radio and FM and DAB. And I follow, of course, for the build-up and full-match commentary of Accrington Stanley against Morecambe. And ahead of the game, I've been talking to Tony Robinson, uh, not the fella from Blackadder and Time team. Uh, this Tony Robinson is a huge Accrington Stanley fan. He's originally from Lancashire, uh, but he now lives in Canada and uh, he's the or one of the hosts of the fabulous across the pitch podcast website and uh, lots more to do uh, with Accrington as well go and check it out right now just if you google across the pitch Accrington you will see all the links that you need to know and I've been talking at length to Tony great chat I had uh, about all things Aki and John Coleman's men ahead of our visit there next weekend so, Tony, thanks for coming on our podcast today. I really appreciate your time. Before uh, we get going and we talk about your story and about matters on the field as well to do uh, with the two clubs, um, tell us all about Across the Pitch, the website, the podcast. What's it all about and how did it come about? Well, um, it started about four years ago uh, and it's based in North America. Um, a fellow started it in Phoenix, Arizona, of all places, started following... Uh, Accrington Stanley, um, and uh, I came on board. I'm based in Toronto, um, presently over in the UK, watching uh, some uh, of the Stanley matches. Um, and uh, we have a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Darren Woodhead, who's, uh, I guess, an unofficial club historian uh, for Stanley, written several books on them. And he's uh, uh, he's based in Accrington, and, and so the three of us uh, host the podcast, and... Uh, we do uh, player interviews. We've interviewed the management team, uh, Andy Holt, and, and really uh, and the veteran series where we interview past players. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's pretty quite, uh, I mean, it's a small following. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, a, a League One club, not, not the biggest club in the world. But we, uh, we just try and spread the word of, uh, of Stanley and League One football. And, uh, and uh, so far, so, so, so far, so good. And it's a proper fans-led um, entity, isn't it? It's you say it like it is. Things going well, you say so. Things aren't going so well, you also say so. But it's sort of it's not corporate in that way. Yeah, I mean we're we're uh, uh, listed as the uh, official uh, international podcast of Stanley, but we're not we're not associated with the club in any way, shape, or form in the way of support. Uh, other than they do help assist us in providing guests. Uh, for the podcast, uh, but we've uh, as when we've had uh, Andy Holt on, and uh, uh, we've had asked him questions, uh, you know, with regards to the future of the club, the finances, uh, and his business model. And he's been very. Uh, if anybody follows him on Twitter, they know he's very, uh, very transparent and forthcoming, and uh, he's been a big supporter of the show. And uh, and without people like him and John Coleman assisting us. Uh, uh, you know, even when we're based in America, we we wouldn't have the following that we, that we do really. So tell us about yourself, then, Tony. Born in East Lancashire, obviously, you now live in Canada. You've got, if you don't mind me saying, I'm sure people have said this too many times already. You've got this amazing East Lancashire crossover Canadian accent, which is absolutely wonderful. But uh, tell us about your story. Well, I was born and raised in, in Accrington. In fact, actually, the first street I lived on was Stanley Street. Um, so I think I was destined to be a Stanley supporter. But um, 
Uh, when when I was at the age to follow football, a football team, Stanley had gone out of the league, and uh, that was in 62. Uh, so I chose to follow Burnley, a, a local team just down the road. Um, but I've always had that, once I knew Stanley was was making its uh, comeback into the non-league and, 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 and coming up through the uh, various uh, levels of the pyramid, um, I made a uh, made a commitment sort of to get back involved with the club and, and I was able to come back 2006 for the first uh, home match in the in the football league but back in the in the 80s 90s with before internet it was really hard to follow uh, your local club except for maybe a week old paper that we would get in the in the post um, so now with the internet and I follow, uh, you, you know, it's the next best thing when you're not at the at the club. You can you can watch the uh, the matches and follow along, and uh, um, that's been a godsend to be able to uh, to follow the club that way. But coming back really is 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 a real treat because whether you watch it on iPhone or when you're in the stands, as you know, it's you've got the sights, uh, the the sounds, the smells, and and the, and the language, and you can smell the pies and the and the pints and. Uh, you just don't get that when you're on iFollow. So uh, I'm really enjoying my, my trip back. I come back every every uh, September, October for a couple months now I'm retired and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy going to uh, Wham Stadium. And is there a, a Canadian, a Toronto branch of the Accrington Stanley Supporters Club? I suppose there is, even if it's just got one member. Yeah, well, we have a, we have a, a group uh, uh, called the Official Accrington Stanley Supporters Club of North America. And we've got, uh, I think, about 230 members uh, in in that organization. So um, I run the social media part of for that and for across the page. So um, if you just like to, we, we're getting more followers uh, in, in North America, which is nice because we've got people that have never followed English football, have followed us, uh, followed Stanley because of what we're doing on across the pitch. So... Um, that's rewarding in the sense that you are reaching out to people. And, and as long as they follow uh, the League One football, uh, I mean, Stanley's great, but I think the main thing is that they follow and support League One football. Let's talk about matters on the pitch then, Tony. And, and before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh, our game on Saturday, let's talk more widely about uh, recent seasons. And it, it's been pretty good for Stanley, hasn't it, over the last few years you've had uh, obviously the success of getting into the football league uh, then establishing yourself in league one and uh, you've come pretty close of, of getting out of league one as well but in in quite recent times well we've had some good spells in league one and there's no doubt about that because last i think last year we were 12th our points total was a little less than the year before where which was 11th and if you look at that year they finished 11th the, the teams above them are all big big uh, name teams uh, with obviously big big budgets and and I think that's where there's a similarity between ourselves and, and your club is the is the uh, is the achievements that they have on the pitch based on the uh, uh, the budget for those clubs and 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 speaking from Stanley's point of view I think uh, you have to say that John Coleman and Jimmy Bell uh, um uh, have overachieved. I mean, I think that's what uh, the vast majority of people from the outside would look in. But when you're inside watching Stanley, you don't feel that they've overachieved because they, they consistently do that year in and year out. So if you're proving yourself and improving the club 
uh, and the facilities and the infrastructure year in, year out. I don't think you're overachieving. I think you're just proving yourself uh, to be quality uh, managers. And they, between the two terms uh, at the at the club, they've got uh, uh, 20 years uh, of service to, to the club. Uh, and you just can't see that around the Football League much anymore. How have you assessed uh, Stanley's start to the season in the first six or seven weeks of the campaign? It's It's been a mixed bag, David, because uh, we started off, uh, you know, with a good win uh, over Shrewsbury, um, then got into some sort of late match heroics, scoring in, in the in injury time, really to get results against Burton Albion and, and, uh, and Charlton. Um, we've, the problem I think uh, right now is uh, replacing the striker that when we lost Colby Bishop in the, in the preseason, uh, they signed a gentleman uh, by the name of Matt Lowe from uh, lower league. Um, and he's about 26. So it's a, it's a late, it's a late step up to league one football. And I think he's having an adjustment period uh, obviously, the centre backs are more physical, more quality at League One level than he was used to. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing: he'll run his socks off. Uh, he, it's not for lack of trying. And and I think the, we can't we can't sort of um, uh, make a commitment on him or make a decision on him right now. I think you have to give him six months or so to see if he can adapt. Um, but that seems to be the source. What John and Jimmy do is unearth some type of a gem. From lower league, they've done it with, uh, you know, as I said, Colby Bishop with Dion Charles uh, and several other players, uh, and and I think they've got a good one uh, that they signed last year, Tommy Lee, uh, and uh, he's he come up from Bogdan Regis and he's got some talent that kid, and I think he's going to go places. It just hopefully that we have him under contract long enough that if he does go, we can uh, the club can make some because money because selling players on is. Is a is a, a big revenue stream for a club like Stanley. You talk about those strikers, Tony, and, and in seasons gone by, you have had potency up top, haven't you? You talk about Colby yeah. Bishop and and Dion Charles, and that now gone to Bolton, of course, and and Billy Key more successfully in years gone by. Is is goals a concern for you this season? Yeah, yes, it is because I mean. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Billy Key, and then uh, Caden Jackson was another one that uh, went tips. Which, um, and it, you can't replace a player of that caliber when they've developed uh, to that stage. You can't replace them straight away. You have to get something that's raw and some talent, and then that's what John and Jimmy do to develop them. Uh, but yeah, we've. I mean, we played the match against Cheltenham really without a uh, uh, out-and-out striker. They had Tommy Lee playing sort of that false number nine, if you want to say, want to call it that, uh, up front. Um, and um, they, the injuries that they've got right now uh, is really sort of uh, uh, been prevalent in, in the striker area. They just brought in the Nathan uh, uh, Delafunso, um, uh, formerly of uh, Blackpool and uh, Bolton, uh, and they brought him on in on short term. Uh, but I think he's not match fit yet, so it's just a question of how much you can get from him and how much he can contribute at this point. Uh, I think we'll see him uh, definitely more playing time against uh, against you guys, uh, but he'll, hopefully he'll get some minutes in on uh, uh, against Bristol Rovers this weekend. So a Lancashire derby then coming up, Tony. They're always keenly contested affairs, aren't they? It, it seems yeah. to be 
one extreme or another in recent seasons. I've either been an absolute blockbuster of a game. I remember the uh, the, the six goals that we shared at the Mazuma uh, round about this time last year, actually, and, and a great 2-2 draw at the Crown Ground or the Wham Stadium, uh, should yeah. I say, back in, in, in February. Other games have been dull as ditch water, nil-nil, really boring, but there's always that element of the local rivalry, and that's what makes these fixtures uh, a bit special. Yes, and I think that's the the fans at the Wham. They really sort of look forward to a match against Morecambe, and 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 it's if there's a match that they want a team they want to beat, it's 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 Morecambe, and and there's that rivalry. But I mean, I look at it as in a positive way because it is it's a Lancashire derby, and they do uh, you know the teams get up for it. There's a, there's that sort of extra bit of. Uh, excitement in the stadium for when, when Morecambe comes. And I think it's the one from a Stanley point of view, it's the one match that we, I don't say we expect to win, it's the one we, we want to win uh, and have that sort of bragging rights over over a team of similar uh, similar size and, and budget-wise. Uh, uh, but it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if we'll see a goal fest when we play uh, at the Wham. Um, I, I mean, I know you guys are, uh, are struggling scoring goals and and have conceded some same as what we have. We don't have a, a say a out and out striker. So um, it, it, I'm not looking to this to be a classic, but it should be still it should still be an exciting match to to watch and be there. We've always got that rivalry, Tony, haven't we? And of course, the John Coleman connection. Yes, that, that bonds yeah. the two teams together. And, and I think, as you say, it's one that personally, as a fan and as a journalist, I, I always look forward to. Yeah, and and John Coleman, uh, he speaks very highly of his uh, connections with with Morecambe, and and he really does uh, respect and and uh, have a lot of uh, uh, good things to say say about the club. Uh, but come three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, he's probably the one that really wants to win as much as anybody. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I I'm that's probably the one match that I'm back. I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, we do play Bolton in in a couple of weeks, and in, in Derby County, which will be big matches and there'll be decent crowds. But there's something about that playing Morecambe that just is going to be something that I'm really going to look forward to and enjoy and being part of the part of the crowd. So, what do we need to know then, Tony? Tell us uh, everything about a current season John Coleman team, players to watch, formations. What do we need to know of significance? Well, um, the formation that they, as I said, the other day they went basically with a four, uh, four five one, uh, you know, with the two wing backs uh, really dropping into at times they go from a, a, a four five one to a four three three, um, and in fact it, they they'll change systems um, several times in a match, and so when you're watching the match, you say, what system are they playing? It all depends what time the, the the match it is because they will they will move around and they will put Sean McConville up front and and and, and Sean Wally's getting some uh, play time now because of injuries. Uh, he's been a good signing, but the, both both those players don't forget they were both in the mid thirties. Sean McConville's just hit four hundred matches for Stanley, which is an outstanding achievement. Um, but he's still contributing with his uh, assists and he's got four goals, I believe. Um, so there are two players that really contribute. Tommy Lee is one to watch up front. Uh, midfield, the two players that I like 
um, or Ethan Hamilton. Uh, he's he's got quality, and if he's if he's on his on his game, he'll he'll uh, he can control that midfield. Uh, and also Liam Coyle, um, we call it, I, I, my nickname for him is Yellow Card because around any time after the thirty minute mark, he'll 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 get a yellow. Um, feisty man, feisty young lad from Liverpool, but he's uh, he's got he's a he just has a bit of quality about him, and and I think if he can harness that energy um, uh, and direct it into his football, he'll be he could be a top player uh, at the back. Uh, we have the keeper that uh, we've got in on loan from Burnley. Jensen is doing quite well. He struggles, if anything, on, on uh, cross balls into 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 his box. Uh, he's still working on that part of his game. Um, we've got two of our big centre backs that are, are really that we're planning on to start the season that are out for with long term injuries. Uh, Michael Nottingham, uh, who's been a real uh, real good player for Stanley. Um, and uh, Rich J. Rich Bagalu, that was signed last season and was 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 look was going to have you, you could tell in his preseason was going to do well this season, and there he's out for the season and Matt, nothing's out for another month or so. Um, so they brought in uh, uh, Doug Tharn from Blackpool, who's played really well, and a fellow called Astley uh, from Everton on loan, and they're both steady players, not flashy, uh, but they are um, they are good players. I think the best player on the back four is the uh, is right back Mitch Clark. Mm. Um, you think you, you th- the wing, you think the wingers are going to get by him, and then somehow he finds that gear, and he is one of the best tacklers uh, on our team. Um, and you, you never count him out when he's chasing for a player, and, and he's really he, he crossed the ball, got a long throw on him. Uh, he he is definitely uh, the best player on the back uh, back four, as far as I'm concerned. So hopefully we can uh, exploit that uh, those lack of numbers at the back and, and hopefully get some good crosses in. Ross Sykes, of course, another player that you lost in the summer, which uh, who, who I thought was a, a really, really good player at this level. And players like that are hard to find. And, and if they leave, they're hard to replace as well, aren't they? Yes. And I, I mean, Ross Sykes came through the academy and and uh, uh, and that's that's a model that with Stanley, you know, you get these players young and, and their their academy is really developing some young players. There's a few players in and around the squad that have come through that. And Ross Sykes, you can't, you, um, you know, leave it, losing him in in preseason and uh, uh, and uh, Colby Bishop, you just can't replace two starting players like that. Um, but I I think uh, uh, unfortunately Jay Rich Bagley would have been the player that we would have been looking at to contribute in that role. Um, but you know. As a fan of Stanley, you know that's going to be uh, that's going to happen. If you if you have a really top quality player, uh, you're not you're not going to hang on to him. You just hope that you can get some money back in return. You've got that churn of players, Tony, but you've also got the stalwarts as well, haven't you? Who have been there a long time? Uh, you talked about Sean McConville, um, Seamus Keneally as well. Yeah. About what about three hundred appearances between them? So you, you've got that. Uh, that continuity as well, as well as the churn of new players every season. Yeah, I, and I, I haven't mentioned Seamus, and I and that's uh, I'm miss it not mentioning him because of his contribution to the to the club. Um, he's he started the last couple of matches. He really lost his position to Liam Coyle, but um, he's he's worked his way back into the squad, and he sort of sits in front of that back four, and he's really uh, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he's sort of that really. 
uh, level-headed control where you can get the ball and distribute it well. Um, yeah, and I think while him and I, I'll bet you, I don't know if he's between him and uh, um, Sean uh, McConville, I'll bet you they're, um, they're over 700 club their appearances for the club between the two of them. So, um, And then another player that I haven't mentioned that really uh, has been held back because of injuries and could be one of the top talents in the division is uh, Joe Pritchard. Um, who plays on the wing? He's. Um, I think right now he's he's forcing his he's forcing himself too much, um, trying to trying to contribute because of the fact he's been out so long, and uh, his, his he uh, he's got lots of talents. And if he just sort of uh, starts playing within himself and not doing trying to do it all himself, he could be a top a top player in in not only in our club but in this league. So you, thanks for. Uh... Explain a couple of the weaknesses. Hopefully, we can exploit those. Tony, where, where, where do you think that so the dangers are for, for Morecambe this season? Quite a churn of players for ourselves as well since uh, the last time we played you. But uh, wh- wh- who are you worried about, uh, or what positions are you worried about uh, from our point of view? Well, uh, to be honest, with you, I haven't seen a lot of you, your guys this season, and I, I did see the highlights. Uh, when you uh, won in the the last match there, I think uh, was it against Forest Green you scored in, and uh, you you know that that's a team Forest Green that give us trouble, and you seem to play them quite well, and and I think it was a deserved victory, and and something like that victory for you guys can really help kick kickstart a season, mm-hmm. uh, because it's that time of year where. It's early yet, but if you get into that rut of not winning, and then it that that just it could bring the players down. So um, I think if you guys have got players that can score, um, I think, you know, there could be some pressure on our our uh, back four because of the inexperience there uh, uh, that you could exploit. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I just, uh, uh, I just fear a game against Morecambe because um, it's it, the unpredictable uh, result. Always, you can't you can't sort of say what it's going to be, and because it'll they'll turn around and fool you. Yeah, I, I, it's, it is one of those, isn't it? The, the form book goes out the window. It's just going to be what happens on the day. Happens on the day. We, we, we of course kept hold of Cole Stockton in the transfer window, which uh, we are delighted about. Uh, I think he's started to come back round into being the player that he was last season as well after a, a difficult few weeks all round, shall we say. So hopefully he's going to be firing on all cylinders. We've got Kieran Phillips, uh, a young striker on loan from Huddersfield as well, who looks right. a terrific prospect. So uh, hopefully those two can uh, cause your bat line some problems. Now, you had a player that uh, was uh, played for both clubs and, and I think he played for you a lot, uh, quite a bit more. The fellow from Burnley, uh, uh, Phillips. What can I think of his first name? Adam Phillips. Uh, Sorry, Adam Phillips. Adam Phillips, yeah, mm. uh, and I, I was quite impressed with him, and I thought uh, he did well for us. But I think he even improved when he played for you guys. Mm. And I always, when when the, when there was highlights uh, uh, on the telly of uh, of Morecambe, he always seemed to be in 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 the mix of things. So, um, have you have have you replaced him, or is that a big miss for you guys? I think it's a miss. I would love to have kept him personally uh, because, he, to me, he fits the brief of young, dynamic, um, attacking midfielder, can create, can score goals. And uh, we, we definitely missed him. We, we have replaced him, though. We've got uh, a guy, young guy on loan from Brighton called uh, Jensen Weir. He was on loan at Cambridge last season, Davy Weir's son. 
Uh, he's a, a creative midfielder, L- looks really, really good. We've got a young guy alone from Southampton called Caleb Watts, who might might miss out with injury, but he looks really good as well, can unlock the door, pick a pass. Uh, and uh, then we've got a guy from Celtic who's played for Sheffield Wednesday called Liam Shaw in the uh, centre of the park, uh, who's uh, who's really added a bit of extra bite and extra seal. So uh, we have a young, what I would call a young dynamic midfield. Yeah, certainly. And and don't you find now when you when a club like the similarity between Accrington and Morecambe is that the quality of the loan players you're able to bring in now is uh, is is improves every year because you're getting players from top clubs, Premier League clubs or Championship clubs that have the faith in in the team uh, like Morecambe and Stanley to send their players out. Uh, I mean that's something that a few years ago we would not have seen, and I see some similarities between the the two. I think having the have, having that infrastructure behind it as well, certainly yeah. we've got a head of recruitment, a guy called Greg Strong. Uh, he's responsible for all of our transfers uh, inbound. And I think, as you say, it's only the fact that you are a League One football club and, and you, you establish yourself as a League One football club, regardless of your budget, that, that makes you more attractive to Premier League size and championships yeah. wanting them to loan out there. They're sort of young and up-and-coming players. And I think, yeah, we have found that. Both clubs haven't got the, the biggest budget in the world, of course, and, and that, that will be forever. So we are, I think we both clubs are proud to be running the right way, aren't they, in terms of the, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the finances and, and what's on the balance sheet. We, we don't spend above our means because we want to remain in business. We don't chase impossible dreams. We'd rather stay in business as a football club, and I think that's exactly how it should be. But the upshot is the longer you stay in League One, I think, as Accrington have shown, that the more attractive that you are to to clubs for inbound players and free transfers and loans. So, uh, yeah, long may that continue. Yes, and I, I, and the infrastructure at uh, uh, the Wham Stadium has has improved tremendously since uh, uh, COVID, with the addition of the new hospitality lounge yeah. and the new uh, college bar. And they just that weekend uh, opened the new uh, changing rooms and and offices. Uh, so it's it's quality. Where are the players now? It's not it's not the old uh, cold showers and you can't flush the toilets type uh, setup anymore. Uh, Andy Alt is has to be commended for what he's done to the club, mm. but kept that business model. So that's like if they go down to League One, uh, early two, I should say. Sorry, if they go down, it's not going to uh, not going to break the bank. They've got a model that's sustainable and. Uh, uh, and like you say, it's. Uh, it, I always find that with the with with uh, Morecambe and Stanley, if you when the so-called experts and betting companies look for teams that they're going to be relegated, I think uh, the two of uh, the two clubs are always picked in and around the relegation zone, and uh, which uh, and again, I think that's somebody not giving credit to the uh, to the uh, setup and the quality of the uh, coaching staffs of both teams. Absolutely, Tony. I, could, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, I would all day long much rather have a very well-run football club, uh, looks after the, the the pennies. You've got to speculate a little bit to accumulate. Of course, you're having any business, but ultimately you want a football club to support at the end of the day. You don't want to go, you don't want to be a Derby or a, a Portsmouth or a Bolton or yeah. a Berry, heaven forbid, or a Macclesfield and going out of business entirely. I would much rather be nice and steady and at least have a football club to, to watch week in, week out. Well, I think uh, we, uh, we 
you know, and speaking from Stanley's point of view, but we don't have that feeling of entitlement uh, about League One. Yeah. Um, you know, we're you know we're pleased to be in League One. Uh, we feel we feel we earned and deserve to be in League One, uh, but we don't sort of uh, feel that we should be. Uh, like some teams where they say they can't wait to get out of League One and get into Championship, uh, and and it, and it, it tells these people it's not it's not that easy because there's there's big teams littered in League One uh, that uh, that can't get out and uh, uh, that you know I mean the sky is falling when they, if they if they don't get out of it but um, not that we want to stay in League One I mean there's, sure if we can get into the Championship. But I don't think I, uh, Stanley's model would change. They wouldn't sell the bank to stay in league in the championship. Uh, it, it could be, well, one of those, if you make it up, they have the experience of a year there. And then if they come back down, I, it's not the end of the world. And I think fans uh, would accept that. 100%. That, that I, think, I think teams like Accrington and Morgan going up into into the championship would be the absolute stuff of dreams, wouldn't it, really? But uh, we can live in hope. Tony, thank you so much for talking to us today. I could talk to you for hours and hours, actually, but the way this conversation has... Uh, yeah, I appreciate it's gone quickly. Uh, uh, thanks, David. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I always enjoy talking Stanley, and uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, uh, a good match uh, when you guys come to the Wham! And... Uh, I'm not. I'm not expecting a big goal fest, goal fest, but I'm going to go with a one-one draw. I think. I, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion it might be all square as well. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Tony, give us the sales pitch one more time before you go for across the pitch. Where can we find it? Yeah, uh, we're uh, on on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm at uh, my Twitter account is at tonecat54. Uh, acrossthepitch.com is our website. Uh, we have over 300 uh, episodes in our uh, uh, in our library. Some ones with uh, um, you know uh, previous owners and uh, Andy Holt that people might be interested in. So yeah, give us a listen and uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully uh, you know we put a smile on somebody's face. Tony, great to chat. I will talk to you next time. Good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday, of course. <laughs> Same to you, Dave. Cheers, mate. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.